0: The following program does not offer personal medical advice. Please consult your doctor before using any treatment or product we cover. Welcome to Go to Health Radio with your host, Jonathan Marks. We provide a welcoming environment where experts educate you on important health topics, answer your questions, and provide information from which you can benefit in consultation with your doctor. And now, here is Jonathan Marks.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another show. We're so glad to have you here, have you joining us? We've got another great show for you today. This is the last Wednesday of the month and what what I call professional education Wednesday. Uh, So this is geared toward medical professionals, but by all means stay on the show because I think you're gonna learn a lot today. This comes under the category of physicians are people too. And what we are talking about today is physician burnout and how to avoid it. Now we're going, we have two experts with us. I will introduce them in just a moment. But uh, if you are a health professional, you can get a, one CME credit for listening today. And the way you get that at the end of this show is go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot slash C-M-E credit. And I think if you're a health professional, you know what that means bit.ly slash cme credit and the other thing i need to say just for disclosure all planners faculties and reviewers have no relevant financial relationships with ineligible companies to disclose and what that means is all the information in this show is evidence based and unbiased and fairly presented. So, with that, I'd like to introduce Zach Bodenweber and Eric Bosch. They are from Alchemy Total Wellness at alchemytotalwellness.com. And this is presented in partnership with the Medical Academy at medicalacademy.com. And Medical Academy is providing the CME for today. So, welcome, Zach and Eric. Tell us a little bit about your backgrounds and how you got into physician burnout.
2: All right. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Jonathan. I appreciate it. Um, I'll go ahead and introduce myself first and then kick it over to you, Eric. Perfect. Uh So I am a licensed master social worker here in the state of New York, also a national board certified health and wellness coach, uh, I have an extensive background in healthcare. I got started in the world of integrated behavioral health uh, in a model called collaborative care. Some of you listening might be familiar with that uh, as one of the initiatives that's really taking off, basically, integrating behavioral health services in the primary care setting Um, start doing a lot of training and consulting in the healthcare world for other practices as well before taking it to this professional training realm that we have with alchemy total wellness and i know uh, eric's going to say a little bit more about that as well
3: yeah thanks yeah absolutely so my name is eric Abosch. i am a certified personal trainer i'm also an executive health coach and my background comes a lot from health coaching and training amongst c-level executives uh, doctors, uh, nurses, lawyers, executives, and so on. Uh, and like Zach said, we both have a more of a background in healthcare and business. Uh, so when it comes to professional burnout, personally, we've experienced it ourselves, and we've also worked with a lot of our colleagues who have experienced it. And a lot of the doctors and nurses that we've had as clients, uh, that's something that we've helped them recover from. And as we had started over the years to move more and more towards helping organizations and professionals as a whole, we knew that we had to create something that specialized for the healthcare workers, the doctors, the nurses, the medical assistants, social workers, and so on. And then once COVID hit, we knew that it was time for us to partner with a medical education company who Mm -hmm. could really get this information out to more people. And that's, where the medical academy came to play.
4: Great.
1: Wonderful. Now you have a six unit course um, and tell us just a little bit about that. It's the total wellness masterclass. And when I say six unit, it's six lessons and it's six CME credits, again, accredited by the medical academy. Tell Mm -hmm. us just a little bit about that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So there are six individual lessons as a part of this total wellness approach masterclass. And the idea here is that each module teaches evidence-based lifestyle interventions that can be implemented by physicians that of all real disciplines and specialties. Uh, So there's different lessons, such as physician wellness, nutrition, uh, sleep. And Zach's gonna go into uh, more of those topics in just a few minutes. Uh, But essentially it's one lump sum of uh, physician burnout criteria. Uh, designed for the healthcare industry. Got it. So you can,
1: you can take that course and actually it's uh, half price off right now and um, you can get it for $250. But because you're listening to this show, we have a special discount for you, which takes off another $50. And so what you do is go to bit.ly slash burnout fifty bit.ly slash burnout50, and uh, then when you get there, you put in the the code go to health50, and that will take a fifty dollars off, so you get it only for two hundred bucks. But we'll talk about that more near the end of the show. Let's get into the lesson
2: today. Sounds good. Let's do it. Let's uh, let's start with burnout. So when we there, you know, burnout can be understood as it applies to physicians, but it can also be understood more generally. And as Eric mentioned, we've seen burnout in a number of professionals. So if you're not a healthcare professional and you're listening to this, there's still going to be takeaways that you can apply if you're experiencing any of these types of criteria. So what's interesting is like burnout's been something people have used just in conversation for a long time right? Jonathan, people have said, oh, I'm so burnt out. I think we can all relate to one point in our careers or several where we had that that sensation. What's interesting is that now it's actually recognized by the ICD. It's recognized by the International Classification of Diseases. It's in the ICD-11. And what it's defined as is a syndrome resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed, Okay, so it's defined as a syndrome, and it specifically relates to occupational phenomena. So, and of course, you know, that is the, the context in which many people experience burnout. And they've gone as far as to identify three criteria. So if you're listening to this, I just want you to listen to these criteria and think to yourself if you're experiencing either of these criteria, perhaps all three. So the first is feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion energy depletion, or exhaustion. The second is increased mental distance from one's job or feelings of negativism or cynicism related to one's job. So just either this mental lack of mental engagement in what you're doing, or quite honestly, just feeling really negatively about your, your work. Like, oh and God, I just can't face this. I just can't face this. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, and the third being reduced professional efficacy. So the third is really how that manifests in your professional performance, which of course, as we're going to get into a bit more, it impairs your ability to do the work. So yeah. that's really the way that burnout's being understood. And energy depletion or exhaustion really sounds like something that's chronic, not just for the day. Exactly. Exactly. Something that somebody has been experiencing consistently. We all have a day like that once in a while. Great. So, so again, just think about those three criteria and per the topic of the conversation today, I really want to go into how that applies to physicians and the prevalence and what that experience is like. It's so, it's so much of a problem that leading healthcare, you know, organizers, CEOs, administrators, thought leaders, they're calling physician burnout a public health crisis. And that's because it affects physicians, but it also affects everybody that physicians affect, which really has this it impacts the entire system. And now recent evidence suggests that nearly half of all physicians experience burnout in some form. What we see is the studies range from about 44% to 80%, and that's such a range just because different sample sizes, different medical specialties, uh, different years at which those studies were done, but in general now we're seeing about half, okay? So imagine that one out of every two physicians right now experiencing burnout. The implications of this are what we call the triple threat of physician burnout. So the most obvious people who this affects are physicians. Somewhat unfairly and paradoxically, actually the impact on physicians is not very heavily studied aside from the rates of burnout, but not much has been studied about what does that look like in their actual day-to-day lives. We know because we work with plenty of physicians, but there's not as much study on that as there is on the impact of patients and the impact on the entire healthcare system. So, to start with patients, we know that because of physician burnout, there's increased risk of medical error, safety incidents, and reduced patient satisfaction. Mm-hmm. The one thing I want to make very clear to everybody listening to this, because there's, there can be a tone here that implies that this is in some way physician's fault, not at all not at all. And I I really won't stand for the blame being put on physicians for burnout. Okay. If you look at this stuff, medical errors, reduce patient satisfaction, of course, when you understand the implications that burnout has on somebody, of course, the people they're taking care of are going to be affected as well, which is why I'm always shouting from the rooftops that the care of the physician is the care of the patient, right? And, And I love your what did you say? Physicians are people too. That's yes, a little series right. you have going. Right. Yeah. yeah, It's important to, to remember. Um, in terms of physicians, with Alchemy Total Wellness, with our trainings, with our partnership with Medical Academy, we look at whole person health. So we're never just looking at one area of, of health and wellness. So when it comes to mental health, it's what you think it would be. It's It's depression. It's anxiety. It's suicidal ideation. And the really sinister part about this is that physicians are far less likely to actually seek treatment themselves for a number of reasons. You know, there's, there's mental health stigma anyway, Anyway, no matter what profession you're in. But when you're a physician, even the, the New England Journal of Medicine just came out with an article about this, that there's this culture of, not, of getting help seeming like weakness. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's something that people have a hard time doing because they feel like it's it's admitting that they need help is, is in some way a personal fault. And again, I want to get as far away from that as possible.
1: And I, I would like yeah. to, to counter that, which is if you can't deal with it, that's a sign of weakness. If you can deal with it and, and get help for what's really going on with you, that's a strength. That's a so I, I think that's a total mis, misnomer for the, the situation here. It really, it really is, is better if you take sure. care of yourself and it shows you're stronger.
2: It really is a misnomer because it takes courage to get help. That's, right. That takes strength. I, I completely agree. And, uh, and then physical, physical health you know, if you're a medical professional listening to this, you know, the impacts of chronic stress and inflammation responsible for the vast majority of health problems that people experience. Um, And that stuff is a result and also a um, a cause of things like impaired nutrition and eating patterns, decreased immune function, dehydration, sleep shortages. These are all topics we're going to get into today and that we go into in our course. So that's the mental health and the physical health impairments. That's not even to mention one's social life, their relationships, all the things that 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 can manifest in. And then third is, of course, healthcare. We look at the entire system and we think, okay, we know physician turnover is a huge problem. There's estimated to be a shortage of 90,000 physicians by 2025. And we know that a huge contributing factor to that is burnout physicians experiencing burnout are less likely to continue practicing medicine. Some of them leave the field altogether. And when you look at, again, the system level, it caught, the estimated costs of replacing a physician are two to three times their annual salary. So it, there's a business case, a very strong business case for promoting physician wellness, preventing physician burnout and burnout among all healthcare professionals. So what do we do about it, Jonathan? <laughs> that was going to be my question, but I was waiting to hear what you had to say. What do we
1: do about this?
2: <laughs> so what do we do about it? So we physician burnout is a multi-layered issue. There's not a one-size-fits-all approach, but the reason you know we we advocate for a comprehensive approach is because if you go back to the definition of burnout, it is an inability to successfully manage. It's a syndrome caused from unsuccessful management of chronic workplace stressors. So we have two things happening here. We have stressors, and then we have our management of those stressors, right? Now, there is systemic change that needs to happen. Clerical support, admin support, um, EHR optimization, things like that, of course. But you know, the work Eric and I do, we're not going to be able to come in and make something like that happen overnight. Systemic change takes time. We consult on that. But where we're interested in the immediate support is how to increase the resources. So there's like a balance here, decreasing occupational demand, which has a limit to it, but then increasing resources. And part of the resources are somebody's capacity capacity to manage that stress. There's a lot of things that tie into stress management, recovery of that stress, resilience to stress, the experience of stress, how we can use strategies to mitigate the negative effects of stress. There's a lot that can be said there. And that's where physician wellness comes in, right? Good. So we have just about another minute here, but
1: tell us a little bit about the, the six unit course that you have. What will people learn in that course? What kind of skills? Maybe you're going to go into that after the break, but just we have just
2: in a minute or two, give us an overview. Absolutely. Happy to. You're going to learn about the proven lifestyle interventions, evidence-based strategies that actually work for physicians. After the break, we'll talk a little bit about that. But these are the six key domains of wellness. So, you're going to learn about the physician wellness approach. You're going to learn about nutrition, hydration, exercise, and physical activity, productivity, right? These are all things, stress management and recovery. We put these all into a six-module interactive course that's going to help you create these habits for life.
1: Wonderful. So we're talking with Zach Bodenweber and Eric Bosch from uh, Alchemy Total Wellness. They've got a six-unit course uh, dealing with physician burnout and how to avoid it. And we're going to be talking with them for the rest of this hour. So stay with us after this break. Again, you can get a credit for today's course, if and you can. this is accredited, um, our session here today, by going to bit.ly.com. L Y slash CME credit bit.ly slash CME credit. And we will ba- be back in just a couple of minutes to talk more with Zach and Eric about physician burnout and how to avoid it. Stay with us. Got lots more information coming. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
5: America Variety Channel.
0: Tune in to the Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel.
5: Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show. The Sharon Kleiner Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleiner interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
1: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
0: You are listening to Go to Health Radio. To reach Jonathan Marks or his guest expert on the live program, call in to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to Jonathan Marks at GotO HealthMedia.com. Now, back to this week's show. All
1: righty. We're back with Zach Bodenweber and Eric Bosch from Alchemy Total Wellness, and they're sponsored by Medical Academy, providing CME for today. And we're talking about physician burnout and how to avoid it. So a question for you guys, where does physician wellness fit in with physician burnout? I mean, how do you stay well as a physician? If there's, if 50% of people are burned out, how do we keep people well here?
2: Yes, exactly. Um, the So physician wellness, again, it's a multi-layered solution. Physician wellness is really the base of that solution. It's the base of the hierarchy. Uh, there's actually a phenomenal uh, research article by Shapiro and some other great authors that show this, this wellness pyramid and that these physician wellness type interventions are at the base of it. There's more that's needed, but it's the most important thing. Uh, now, the problem with that is, Most of the wellness advice out there, it's vague, it's oversimplified, and quite frankly, it's unhelpful, right? We're going to... I think people are bombarded with things like get 8 hours of sleep, you know, meditate for 30 minutes a day, go spend time in nature, like these things that are all nice ideas and I'm not saying they're not important. Yeah. but it's not really helpful to the overworked, burnt out physician and healthcare professional. They're thinking that sounds nice maybe in another life, right? Or maybe right. that's for somebody else. So we're, you know, what we did, and then the other side of it is this really overcomplicated wellness advice that is also going to last thing you want to do when somebody's burnt out is give them like a 20-step protocol for their sleep. You know, there's there's got there's a sweet spot, and the sweet spot is in the strategy. And what Eric and I really specialize in, and that's why we work with high-performing. Professionals in high demand occupations is the strategy, is looking at the stuff that's important, but figuring out how do we actually apply this to your life. And that's why we're able to create this course because, with all the physicians we've worked with, we realized really quickly okay, there's a lot of constraints here. What are the highest leverage changes that can be made? Um, and that's why our approach to physician wellness, how we define physician wellness is that it's about achieving sustainable high performance as a medical professional mm-hmm. without sacrificing one's mental health, physical health or overall well-being in the process. That's how we approach it. How do you do this sustainably? So, you know, not high performance for a day but for a career without the sacrifice. And and all of us in healthcare uh, have struggled or do struggle with that that sort of martyrdom of you know I'm sacrificing my own well-being for other people um, I was certainly there when I was when I was doing therapy in the primary care setting in that FQHC you know I wasn't taking care of myself because I was thought I needed to be taking care of others it doesn't have to be one or the other and that's what we're here to talk about got it
1: so my next question is okay this sounds great it sounds like you really understand the pressures uh, of a lifestyle and health in healthcare,
4: care,
1: how do you handle this? How do you get away from the easy glib answers that you tell people that they have no time for? How do you yes. how do you do this?
2: yeah, so and that comes through in the strategy, so what i'm gonna do for I really want to provide as much value here as possible. And, and Eric and I got together and we thought, okay, what from our course would just be some great things that people can walk away with. Yep, so please. what we're going to do in, a, in the rest of our time together is just provide some of these strategies that people can implement today. All right. Um, we obviously won't be able to go as in depth, but I want you to all walk away with some things that you can f- utilize to feel better. Fabulous. Right. So stress reduction, we have a really, uh, Really innovative approach to stress reduction. And that's because our shift is not on eliminating stressors. A lot of times people talk about that. And again, the busy physician and healthcare professional is going to laugh at that. Stressors are a part of the work, right? Right. You You can't just avoid some of the stressors. So it's not so much on eliminating stressors, it's changing the way we perceive and respond to stress, which has real different biological consequences and consequences on our health and wellness. Three different things we can do. When you look at the recovery from stress, and most of you listening will already know that stress is that sympathetic state, it's a sympathetic nervous system, it's fight or flight, as many of us call it. And a lot of us are trapped there most of the time. We're trapped in that state of alertness. There's three things we need to do. One is how do we balance that in the moment? Two is how do we plan. For breaks from that heightened state. And three is hopefully something we do every day. How do we optimize sleep as one of our one of the, the biggest um, recovery tools that we have? So when it comes to in the moment, intervening through the body, you know, breath work practices are a great place to start. Think about when you're stressed. Your breath, your breathing rate accelerates, your heart rate accelerates, you're breathing more rapid and shallow. Well, that means we can intervene through the physiology by taking deeper, slower breaths into the diaphragm to help reduce that heightened state, reduce the sympathetic nervous system activity. Now, this, I'm not saying in the middle of an emergency, you should be practicing breath work. But however, if you talk to a lot of medical professionals in the middle of an emergency, they're actually not stressed. They're so in the zone yeah. and they're so in the moment and they're, they're in like flow. It's almost like something else takes over. It's in anticipation to events like that or after events like that happen right. when this is really important is how you help. How do you bring yourself back down? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, a quick little takeaway for everybody would be a nice four seconds in six seconds out. OK, mm-hmm. picturing that there's like a balloon behind your belly button that's gently inflating and deflating. That's a good way to access your diaphragm because a lot of times we take breaths right up here in our chest, Mm -hmm. right? Um, That longer exhale is scientifically proven to stimulate the vagus nerve to help promote a relaxation response, that sort of long exaggerated exhale. Um, So that's, you know, one of them that we teach box breathing is another one that helps calm you but also keep you in a state of alertness and that's where it's like you're drawing a box with your breath you might inhale for four seconds hold for four seconds exhale for four and then hold for four Mm -hmm. okay doing that as you speak there you go so, so planned, I, I would think, yeah, I would go think ahead, an please. important
1: thing here is, is what's the stimulus to think about doing this? I mean, before, yes, you can do this. That's a fairly simple thing to do. The mm-hmm. question is, how do you remind yourself? I say, th- how do you mind yourself that you're under stress and you should stop and do this
4: for a minute?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of times the body will actually naturally start to sigh a lot of times if if you sigh or sometimes yawn, it's your physiology trying to correct a breathing pattern or trying to get more oxygen. So sometimes you know how when we're stressed sometimes we sigh, that's a great that's a great place to catch it. Another one is just really tuning into your your body knowing what the stressors are for you and knowing that that's likely to activate that response. So checking in with yourself either before or after something stressful is happening um, Mm -hmm. so that you can bring yourself back into balance and not stay in that state.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So possibly between appointments. I mean, not that you're not running to do something else between appointments, but at least you have a moment to yourself where you
2: have have a moment and a misconception. And that's why a lot of times people really don't like that approach of having to meditate for 10 or 15 minutes. They don't have that. This can be done in a few cycles of these types of breathing strategies. You can actually notice the change. Got it. Yeah. All right. Um, planned recovery is really uh, looking, planning things throughout your days and your weeks that give you, that help restore your body. So, um, example I always use is athletes. You know, athletes, they, they're they getting massages, they're getting body worked on. The best ones have sleep coaches that they probably pay six figures just to look after their sleep, right? They're prioritizing recovery. So, it only makes sense. They're playing a game and yes, it's physically demanding and mentally demanding, but if they're putting that much emphasis on recovery, then we need to do the same thing when we're in these professions, such as the work of a physician, nurse, social worker, you're in these high demand environments, these stressful environments. So Mm -hmm. planning recovery throughout your days, your weeks, and your months, um, many different ways you can fit that into your schedule and consider what works best for you. And then when it comes to sleep, We recognize not everybody is sleeping at night. People are working overnights or different schedules. So really creating a pre-sleep routine that mimics what it would look like a thousand years ago. You know, our biology has not changed that much (laughs) in in a thousand years, yet society is completely different. We're not used to having glowing boxes in our face when we're winding down at night. We want to make it as dark as possible. If you have to use screens, using blue light blockers or blue light filters, things like that. Mm -hmm. And um and you know blackout curtains that are clipped closed you know you wanna you wanna really mimic as much as possible a dark cool sleeping environment that we would have had in a cave long time ago.
1: Got it. That's
2: uh, just uh, uh,
1: just a minute now. On the yeah. I don't mean just a minute. I mean just to <laughs> give me a minute on planned recovery. Yes. When you, I, I I imagine that's you know working exercise in a relaxation, but. Tell me a little bit more about what you mean about the planning part.
2: Yeah. So, planning, I mean, is scheduling it just like you would an appointment, right? Um, A lot of people are more accountable to others than they are to themselves. Uh, So, you know, I know Eric talks about this all the time with the people he coaches, which is putting this stuff in your calendar and holding prioritizing it just as you would an appointment with a patient or an appointment with your colleague or whatever. It's an appointment with yourself. So planned recovery is looking at your week and also looking like, when would this make sense? Are you coming off of of some doubles? Then like that, like the next day, like you want to plan for something there that's going to help your body restore and rejuvenate. So looking at throughout the week and month, where does something like this make the most sense? Got it. Okay. Yeah. So
1: it's really planning, taking time for yourself, even though I know with a doc, you know, most of their day is completely, you know, you might have all day planned, but it it gets intervened on by a number of other unexpected occurrences. and,
3: And Jonathan, this is actually why we have an entire module that's dedicated to productivity and planning, because it's such an essential part of wellness uh-huh. And if it's not planned out, especially the more hectic somebody's schedule is, yeah. which our physicians and our healthcare workers definitely can relate to that, um, there's, uh, there has to be a strong initiative around organization through wellness if one is going to re- reduce symptoms of burnout.
2: Got it. Good. Thank you, Eric. Absolutely. Yep. Fantastic. So let's go into a bit of nourishment. You know, it's not always something that people think about right away, but be when they think about burnout, you know, stress is the, is the big one, but when you think about nourishment, you want to support your body's ability to respond to stress and recover from stress. And when you recognize the negative impairments that stress has on our physiology, then again, we need to be optimizing our nutrition the same way an athlete would or somebody else would who needs to perform at their best. Mm-hmm. We also know that things like inflammation, um, you know, from, from the nutrition, whatever, our eating patterns are impact our brain health our ability to focus function concentrate our mental health all this stuff so just a couple heavy hitters here number 1 food is information and again those of you listening you may be aware that every little crumb every little morsel of food we eat has a biological blueprint you know our it's it's encoded with instructions for our bodies and you want to think about how am i instructing my body Right. And am, am, I, am I instructing my body in a way that's going to enhance my recovery and my experience of uh, response to stress, or mm-hmm. is it going to hinder it? The other thing you want to look at this really is a, is a shot at diet culture. You know, diet originally meant a way of life, and that's what it needs to return to. A lot of times people think about a diet as a short-term thing. You want to look at nutrition protocol that you can stick with long-term, right? That just shows up in the way you live, not something you plan on doing for six weeks or, you know, 30 days or something like that. The biggest shift that anybody can make, this is you, your patients, this is the the human being, is shifting from calorie-dense to nutrient-dense nutrition, Right. So when you look at most of our food items now, they're calorie dense. They're packed with calories, not very much nutrition. You you look at things like vegetables, leafy greens, you know, non-starchy vegetables, um, lean proteins, high quality fats. These things are nutrient dense. A lot of times when we're hungry, it's not we're not calorically hungry. We're hungry for nutrients. Right. So and all the times when we're hungry, I talk about this to people all the time. They get a break. They're in the break room with the vending machine or they're in the cafeteria with all these uh, ame- uh, like awful options that shouldn't even be in a hospital. You know, you're, they're hungry and they're looking for what's convenient. So that I call this balancing the scales of health, which is. Increasing your consumption of non-starchy vegetables. This is a a term I call crowding out, which is going to then naturally decrease the amount of other things you're eating. So added sugars, refined carbohydrates, those two shifts, increasing non-starchy vegetables, decreasing added sugars and refined carbs are going to make the, the biggest, highest impact change for yourself and by the way, for the people you're working with.
1: Got it. So it really is <clears throat> upping the quality of your food and making it, as you mentioned, more nutrient dense rather than calorically dense.
2: That's, that's right. You want to think about eating close to the source. Again, you want to think about what would we be eating, you know, hundreds of years ago. Um, we're not prepared for the abundance of this food yet. That's what's everywhere. So this is just, uh, we, I have some information here on medical conferences You know, there's a survey for planners of medical conferences around the country, and 100% responded that for each lunch and dinner that they provided, a dessert had been included, and that all lunches included potato chips, snack mixes, or candy. Mm. These are at medical conferences, which I I just always find baffling. 100% offered soda at every break throughout the medical conference. We are... We're supposed to be beacons of health and wellness, you know, and we're having people come to conferences to talk about the the health and wellness, uh, to talk about healthcare, to talk about the care of people, and this is what's being offered, and this is what's everywhere. It's not just in the medical community, although it's more, it just seems to be more shocking and palpable there. Um, I know, I used to work in primary care office every day. It was always somebody's birthday, it seemed like. <laughs> there were always cookies, cupcakes. Every Friday, one of the doctors got bagels. You know, so this stuff is what's everywhere. Yeah, It's the convenience trap. Yeah. You know,
1: we, we, we yeah. had a, um, a guest on a couple of weeks ago, um, Julia mm-hmm. Ruckledge, and she talked about a new book she's just published called The Better Brain. It's overcoming anxiety and combating depression and and stress with nutrition. And what she talked about was that 65% of the nutrients we eat are used by our brain. Because our brain is the most active organ in the body. And when you think about that, it's really true. It's yeah. doing the most processing and, and you know, working. And uh, we really need to feed our brains with good nutrients. So That's right. I completely agree with what, you're, what mm-hmm. you're saying here, Zach. And we're also going to have a, um, a guest on in the near future who is <clears throat> focused on making hospital nutrition better because Great. nutrition in hospitals can be pretty uh, dismal as well, as we all know.
2: Yes. I'm going to definitely be tuning into that one, Jonathan. Yeah. Um, there, we are. We're wired for convenience. You know, it, it's it's amazing the food that's readily available to us. We have to counteract this. This is going to be the little strategy people can walk away with, or the right. the idea here is to counteract this by making the foods that are healthy to you the most convenient, right? And because, again, we're not going to change those systems overnight, we're not going to change what's being offered in the hospital, a lot of that does come down to a series of strategies, such as planning ahead of time, coming up with strategies around your nutrition, knowing... Mm -hmm. You know, we work with our clients to know where does the office often order from, you know, and look at the menus and what are the options we're going to get from those menus or how can we make a really simple uh, meal prep that takes 45 minutes and lasts us the entire week, you know, because we have to make the healthy options convenient if we're going to override this like predisposition to convenient junk food that's everywhere.
1: Great. Right. So we're going to take a break. Stick with us. We're just starting to get into the meat of this, if I can say so. <laughs> uh, but anyway, how to you know, treat yourself better, treat your body better. We'll be back in just a minute with Zach Bodenweber and Eric Bosch. And uh, we'll be talking about physician wellness and how to stay there instead of going through burnout.
4: Today, many doctors prescribe basic pharmaceuticals to their patients who aren't feeling well or have various aches or pains. Is this the right course of action for all patients? Definitely not. Find out about healthy, natural ways to help you feel your best by tuning in to the CBD Ed Show with host Edward Cheney. Ed will explain full-spectrum CBD, where the whole hemp plant can be used for treatment, and answer all of your questions about CBD and natural treatment in general. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time
5: on the Voice America Variety Channel. You're
0: listening to Go to Health Radio. To reach Jonathan Marks or his guest expert on the live program, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jonathan Marks at go healthmediacom now, back to this week's show.
4: All righty, and we're back with Zach Bodenweber and Eric Bosch from Alchemy Total Wellness. And we're going to finish off the show here by really focusing on how to avoid burnout and what you can do to minimize it. So go ahead, guys, take it over.
2: All right. Sounds good. Well, I know we covered, you know, nutrition. We covered some of the stress management before I hand it over to Eric to go through some, some really awesome strategies when it comes to exercise and productivity, which I know everybody wants to hear Uh, it. I would be mistaken not to mention hydration because this is what I see among so many healthcare professionals. This was a huge problem all throughout COVID and obviously still is with, you know, having to remove PPE and everything just to have a drink, you know, and and go through all this protocol. I want to just introduce one strategy here uh, before I hand it over. And this is because uh, we know how important hydration is. We know we're mostly water. We know the, how much of the brain is water. Drinking a glass of water is just such a, a proven quick way to just improve cognitive function. And we also know all the problems that dehydration leads to. Um, most Americans are dehydrated. And then the number of with uh, medical professionals is even higher. There's three reasons we don't drink enough water. One is we're consuming other liquids instead, coffee, particularly a coffee in the morning, a stimulant, and then a sedative or depressant in the evening, uh, such as alcohol, and a lot of times we don't get much water in between. Uh, it's inconvenient, very common for medical professionals, and we simply forget. Um, and two and three can be, can be really tied. Just working off of behavioral change, this is called habit stacking. And by the way, this works for any habit you want to implement. Um, The idea is that we are always running off of habits. A lot of what we do behaviorally and cognitively is conditioned. It's conditioned through our past, and it looks like a habit in our present and in our future. So one of the things is, okay if you're not able to drink for a part of the day and there's only specific windows where you can, you want to stack drinking a glass of water on top of another habit. So maybe when you take a break and go to your locker or whatever in the break room, There's that's a time, that's a habit. Maybe the first thing you do is check your phone. That's a great time to have a glass of water, right? And give yourself a cue. It could be a sticky note on the phone, could be a a notification that pops up at that time. It could be when you go to grab your keys and head to your car, Right, right by your keys is a reminder to have a glass of water, right? The idea is to stack these things on top of the habits you already do before a meal, after a meal. Right? And there's a lot we can say about hydration, but that's probably a little quick one that people can walk away with to build it into something that they do already so it doesn't seem like this extra load of trying to implement this behavior.
1: Right. Great. So, Eric, I know you want to talk about productivity, so let's get to that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And the first thing I'm going to mention with that is around physical activity. So we know that movement is essential for a person to be well. We know that our bodies were designed to move and to be active. There was a survey done recently in for physicians in California, and over 35% of close to 2,000 respondents stated that they performed little to no exercise on a regular basis. And the evidence shows that doctors are less likely to advocate for exercise when they themselves are not active right we also know that there's significant increase or decreases i should say in developing different mental disorders mental anxiety depression disorders for those who consistently participate in vigorous activity so we know that there's a, an emotional benefit to exercising we know that there is endless benefits physiologically and Um, you know, mentally, Uh, but we also know that there is uh, an issue right now with our physicians and getting to be active. And a lot of that has to do with uh, either motivation. So we've learned from coaching and working with physicians and healthcare workers that they either struggle with the motivation, the time management, and or a combination of accountability. We know that 90% of people who begin an exercise regimen quit in the first three months. And a lot of that has to do with one of those three factors, either they're not motivated, really, they they don't have the energy or, uh, you know, based on burnout symptoms and other factors such as that, they don't have the time management, so we talk about productivity, and or they don't have that layer of accountability that they really need to instill to involve something new. We talk about productivity, We think of a quote from Peter Drucker, what gets measured gets managed. So Mm -hmm. the things that we write down, the things that uh, we plan out get managed because they become a priority of ours. We also know a lot about burnout and its connection to cognitive overload. And the healthcare workers, so think of a healthcare worker, they have all of these tiny micro decisions that they have to make throughout the day. Patient care, uh, billing questions, schedule management. They also have, um, you know, real people problems, or, or however you phrased it early on. You know, what to do in their free time, what to eat, what to, uh, what to wear. You know, if they're if they have free time to wear other other options, and all of these tiny micro decisions lead to decisional fatigue and ego depletion, which can essentially make some of the easiest and streamlined decisions or should be the most complicated ones like what do i eat after a long day of work you know we've all felt that where we had an extremely long day lots on our mind and you know something small like what do you want for dinner became such a very overloaded question and right there is decisional fatigue so uh when we talk about the ripple effect with being overloaded and not having that planning and productivity in place You know, um, things such as you mentioned, the cafeteria food. If we are not productive, if we don't schedule out planned time at the beginning of our week to go grocery shopping, for example, if we don't make that uh, an appointment on our calendar to go grocery shopping, if we're struggling with nutrition, then we're going to find ourselves Tuesday afternoon in between shifts, malnourished, you know, looking for something quick. And then we go down and grab something that's not beneficial to our health, something like fast food or a candy bar. And then we're experiencing the insulin spikes and you know all the negative consequences that come with not planning. So when we talk about uh, some of the major issues that healthcare workers deal with, is that a lot, of, a lot of times there are too many decisions that they have to make throughout the day. So one of the things that we teach is how to streamline as many of those decisions as possible. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we talk about in the sleep module is developing that nighttime routine. So one is to protect and to get the best sleep possible, but another is to reduce that ego depletion and that decisional fatigue through a productivity measurement. And the last thing that we talk about is a lot of these things sound really good in theory. We know that eating well, we know that exercising is something that is going to give us benefits. We know it's going to we might even recognize right now that that's a way to defeat burnout. Another major issue is accountability. And there's three levels of accountability, three tiers that we teach. One is uh, personal accountability, one is peer accountability, and the third is professional accountability. And we go through different measurements. One might be for, for, just to give an example of each, a personal accountability might be a journal that you know at the end of each day, we have a journal and we have to write down uh, what we ate for that day. I'll use nutrition as an example again, since I know a lot of our our, our people in the world, a lot of our healthcare workers are struggling with proper nutrition themselves. Um, Pure accountability would be a good example of having a, uh, you know, someone, a, a friend, maybe not a close friend or family member, but someone that has similar goals that you can meet with regularly and have a scheduled visit to go through your goals together. And that's that's another way to add to make sure that what you're trying to accomplish uh, actually gets accomplished. And then, of course, professional accountability would be either working with uh, a professional coach or trainer or someone that uh, you know, is an expert in their field, the respective category of, of goals, um, and then someone that you have to check in regularly with to make sure that you are uh, you know, meeting those goals and, and reaching your potential there. Because uh, one, the, one of the major factors that we find is that uh, people struggle with adding practical ways. to to make small changes that can lead to uh, a bigger outcome. So all of these modules, uh, the six modules Zach went through and myself, uh, they are the total wellness masterclass and there's a few different ways that uh, healthcare workers can participate in this. And the first first and easiest one is online. So this is a self-paced six module, six CME course where you can register through a link that Jonathan will will talk about briefly. Uh, one of the other ways that we implement this course is through virtual or in-person training for health groups or organizations. So uh, especially during COVID, we've, we had to learn how to do more virtual training since Zach and I uh, really enjoy the in-person training, which we still do. Uh, but that allows us to be in more places at once. So we also offer half-day, full-day or weekly trainings for up to six weeks for the course. And then of course we also have in-person live trainings that are hosted by Medical Academy uh, that we travel pretty much around the country. We're gonna be planning one in Denver uh, this coming August. So just a few different ways that people can get the information and the content and uh, and be well.
4: Great, wonderful. Eric, thank you. So I just wanna, we've, we've covered a lot in this hour. I just want to um, repeat a couple of ideas that I wrote down. One is to be aware of your breathing and take a, take a moment to, to be aware of your breathing and do it to reduce your stress. The second is hydration. A third is eating quality food. They also talked about planning and planning time for yourself, making yourself accountable, having a nighttime routine. And also I heard you say, Eric, having a buddy. So you can compare notes with and who can keep you on track. And then, in terms of productivity, um, I'm really hearing about decision fatigue. Like you got to make so many decisions during the day. How do I plan to make myself productive? Um, and um, uh, you know, it's, it's about streamlining decisions and kind of stacking them on together so that you can be the most efficient. How did I do?
3: Perfect. You passed.
4: Okay, good, good, good. So, you know, I'm really impressed with the presentation that Zach and Eric have um, given today. And um, they've really gotten a lot of credibility in my eyes for how much they know, how much they're aware of, and how much they're familiar with the pressures of being a healthcare professional. If you want to apply for a CME credit for today, again, you go to bit.ly slash CME credit, get a pen and write that down bit.ly slash CME credit. And then also, if you want to take this course, you can go to bit.ly slash burnout 50. And when you get there, you get the $50 off by just putting in the code, go to health 50. So again, that's bit.ly burnout 50. And then it's go to health 50. I want to thank both Zach and Eric for being here today. Excellent presentation, a really great understanding of the pressures the of a health professional. If you'd like to watch or listen to this again, you can come to our website where you can watch the video. It's go to healthmedia.com/slash video. We will also have information there about how to get your 1CME credit and also how to sign up for the 6CME unit course. So, um, Zach and Eric, give me one final statement each, just a real short one. What do you want people to walk away with?
2: I'm going to say the care of the provider is the care of the patient.
3: I love it. And I'm going to keep it to that. You got it. And Eric? (laughs) Wow. I I mean, I couldn't have said that any better.
4: (laughs) We'll leave it at that. Great. So, again, Eric Bosch, Zach Bodenweber. Uh, Alchemy Total Wellness, and again, they really specialize in physician burnout, how to avoid it, and they've given us a taste of what you can do to avoid burnout if you're a healthcare professional, and we really uh, encourage you to follow some of these um, at pieces of advice. Whether you're a health professional or not, I know there's plenty of stress in my business, and I'm I'm taking away, a, a walking away with a number of um, things I need to do in my life to reduce stress. So I recommend this for all of you. Thanks everybody for being here. Again, you can watch this again, or you can watch it on go gotohealthmedia.com slash video. And we've got all our other shows there that you can learn from. Zach and Eric, thanks so much for being with us. And everybody, thank you for tuning in. We're really happy that you've been with us and how our audience is growing. And please tell folks about the show so we can grow even more and get this information out to a bigger public. Thanks both for being here today. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Jonathan. It was a pleasure. Take care everybody. See you next week.
0: Thank you for tuning in this week to Go to Health Radio. Be sure to join Jonathan Marks and another health expert next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You can also catch the program on your favorite podcast platform. Until our next show, be sure to visit us on the web at go tohealthmedia.com and elevate your life.